0: You are listening to the Future Slab a podcast where we discover and demystify the latest and upcoming innovations in science and technology that will shape our future and transform the world as we know. Listen to world-renowned experts talk about fascinating subjects and young icons share their radically innovative ideas and projects. This podcast is brought to you by Be Singular an edutech academy that imparts critical future skills to an immersive and interdisciplinary set of courses, ranging from artificial intelligence and virtual reality to iOS app development and game design. Match starts at 10 a.m. It's T20 India versus England. The sun beams on the Lord's Cricket Ground in London. The stadium is hustling and bustling with fans from around the country. Many Indians have also gathered her in blue jersey t-shirts and the Indian flag painted over their bodies. The captain of the Indian cricket team wins the toss and elects to bat first. The opening pair starts confidently in the first few overs. There is then a change of bowler and the slow bowler with his swing takes a wicket out in his first over. A tense atmosphere echoes the stadium. 10-year-old Manav, lying on his couch at his Mumbai residence, begins nervously biting his nails. His dinner gets cold, but not his passion for cricket. Back at the stadium, another swing of the ball and the bowler takes out his second wicket. However, the replay from the stump camera shows that the bowler stepped beyond the crease and the umpire declares a knockout. The first stamp camera, one of the early technological innovations in cricket, was installed by the BCC in the 1990s. Since then, the sport has evolved technically with an Advanced Decision Review System, or DRS, in place to review the fall of the wicket. It has helped umpires achieve an accuracy rate of 98.5% in decision-making. Today's episode, The Games Changing, We'll explore the integration of various fascinating technological advancements in the field of sports and how they've changed the games forever. We will also learn how, over the years, technology has transformed the way sports is consumed by fans. After all, fans are at the heart of every sport. Technology in sports is increasingly changing and evolving to improve not only player performance but also fan enjoyment. Artificial intelligence in sport has become a common sight today. What is a sci-fi movie on sport that you wish could come true? On today's episode, we are joined by global sports leader and Olympian, Sarah Lewis, Sara began ski racing at the age of 12 and has skied both competitively and administratively for over 30 years with her first Olympics at the 1988 Olympic Winter Games in Calgary. She has been a part of and has contributed to the industry for years now. I am extremely delighted to have you on the podcast, Sarah. I know how busy your schedule must be, especially with the preparations for the Beijing 2022 Winter Olympics. How is that shaping up?
1: It's very exciting. The games are now uh, four months away and the preparations are really intensifying. And so it's all systems go. Everyone are making their final plans. The venues are ready. This month, the first test events are taking place, taking place on the snow. And in no time, everybody will be there and the games will be taking
0: place. That's super exciting. So you have always been into sports. Growing up, how did you juggle between being a regular student and also representing your country at an international level?
1: By the time I represented my country at an international level, by then I wasn't a regular student anymore. There really wasn't uh, that kind of set up in place to be able to study online There wasn't online as a youngster when I'd been doing sport trying to climb up the the pyramid and qualify for national competitions and for junior national team and so on I was obviously competing regularly at weekends and uh, training in the evenings and before school so I, I I went to regular school. But it was a case of building everything around my actual schooling uh, until i was 16 years old all my free time of course was spent training for my sport
0: the luxury the kids have today and it sort of helps them juggle between their co-curriculars and their academics you have been playing this sport since you were 12 and you joined the british junior ski team at the age of 15 and your first Olympics was when you were 23. So how has technology changed skiing over the years?
1: Um, in terms of how the sport is communicated, how it's shared, how it's able to be viewed, to be followed, the data that's produced by the sport, this has of course all changed, but also the sport itself in terms of actually how the equipment for it has changed, the way that, that the equipment is designed, the safety is one big, big, big element.
0: When you started this sport, the training must have been rigorous and technology today has also revolutionized training and even evaluation. There are sensors and variables tracking the player's progress. What do you have to say about intelligent training system?
1: Without any doubts, training is much, much more uh, specific to the individual athlete's needs. When I was uh, a youngster, The training was very much, this is what the group are doing. So whether or not that was relevant for you as an individual, that was nevertheless what it was. And I would say also it was much more it's all or nothing. And that's completely changed. It's able to adapt to what the athlete actually individually needs, be that physically, their mental approach to it. At the end of the day, it's actually about you taking responsibility for your own performances, for your own actions.
0: I completely agree. You served as uh, the chair of the World Anti-Doping Agency Independent Observers at the Beijing 2008 Olympic Games and science and technology today is learning to replicate human intelligence. How will doping be tackled when the difference between artificial and natural is slowly thinning? Has technology been able to help tackle the problem?
1: Moving, um, incidentally, 20 years on from when I was an athlete to, to then uh, chairing the independent observers at the Beijing 2008 uh, Summer Games, the collaboration between the scientific and the pharmaceutical, uh, you know, therefore, the coming together between sports and what's going on behind the scenes with, with people who are trying to cheat has got much, much smaller. it products and and methodology can be detected much better. And uh, this is one of the purposes that the tests, the samples at the Olympic Games and many other major events are stored so that they can then be checked up to 10 years later uh, to see, right, okay, it wasn't detectable at the time, but it is now and uh, you're done.
0: What does Olympic viewership look like now that technology is able to bring closer to the audience? We have Virtual 3D graphics and we have 3D athlete tracking, 360 degree video cameras for audiences to view the games from the comfort of their home. You've been on the commission. What does viewership and the future of viewership look like to you?
1: Until now, discussions around uh, viewers had been very, very big focus on those who are attending the Games. And now having seen the Tokyo 2020 Games that took place earlier this year uh, and the upcoming Beijing 2022 Winter Games, the discussions have completely changed to the importance of um, the television viewers, but uh, most especially through all forms of media. That's been the biggest change. So lesser watching on terrestrial television and the figures for digital coverage are just skyrocketed. The information that can now be provided, it means that even if you're watching on the other side of the world in a totally different time zone, you can have such an in-depth information about the competition, the athlete performances, the decisive moments. You can have all that from online. You don't have to be there in the stadium anymore.
0: And what does it mean for generating revenue for Olympics through TV and viewership rights?
1: At the end of the day, it's just different sources. The television uh, rights are not only for television. Uh, it's a whole media package which is bundled together the numbers are uh, considerably higher because there are so many parts of the world where people are not watching on televisions, but they are able to watch through mobile digital devices. Well, there's so few uh, tickets which are available to be able to go into the stadium at any live, uh, any major, major event. That is still the ultimate way to experience it.
0: Assuming you spent uh, most of your childhood outdoors because you were introduced to the sport uh, at such an early age, how do we ensure kids today go beyond mere addiction to technology?
1: being able to benefit from the technology which is available today and uh, which really makes society tick. And it's a fantastic opportunity that that the youngsters growing up have now. There's a whole new uh, world open to them when it comes to also their future careers. That absolutely is more than compatible with uh, playing sport outside and uh, you don't have to be stuck uh, to your mobile device. It was like when I was a kid, you didn't have to read books all the time. uh, And then a little bit later on, watch television all the time. You could do both. That's just so, so important to have activity in your lives. And, you know, you can get back on your devices and back on your computers and mobiles all evening. And uh, well... Perhaps not all evening, there's homework to do as well. Sorry, right. mum and dad. Stay active, keep healthy. It doesn't only keep your body healthy, it keeps your mind healthy.
0: Yeah, I mean, just, just about 10 years ago when I was 11 or 12, I remember uh, I would spend a lot of time outdoors. So in just the last decade, there's been this drastic change in the way that kids spent their time. Anyway, that was extremely fun and an extremely insightful session. Sarah, I hope you had fun too. Thank you so much for joining.
1: My pleasure, Tanisha. And all the best to you and all of your
0: listeners. Bye-bye. You have reached the end of this episode. In the next episode of the series, we will discover two technologies that have taken the sports industry by storm. We are talking about augmented reality and virtual reality and how they're impacting your favorite sport. Thank you for tuning in today and don't forget to check out our other episodes. You can listen to the Future Slang podcast on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Music. You can also go to our website, Be Singular Digital to check out more episodes or read our blogs on all things future. This is the Future Slang, signing off.